0: Alright, welcome back to the Survival of Basic Badass Podcast, Kevin and Chuck. Today, well, we're going to talk about shooting ranges. We're going to talk about actually getting out and practicing with your guns. Um, first, I have to preface this with, my wife said, nobody wants to hear about guns. All you talk about is guns. Nobody cares that you're building a shooting range in the backyard and nobody cares about guns and i was like well i think that all the people who listen to the podcast if they didn't like guns they would have left by now and that may be i mean maybe we would have had five times the audience but just the same i feel like you know we could tough it out right we could all she was like kevin doesn't like guns nobody likes guns i'm like She's like, it's not all about you. And I'm like, isn't it though?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean you know, we, Isn't it our yeah, podcast yeah. and we can just do whatever whatever we want? Maybe maybe she should mind her own business.
0: Oh, well, I do Don't know. Don't tell her I said that. that I'm scared of get, your wife. No, yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do know we've gotten a uh, fair amount of uh a fair amount of emails saying you should let Kevin talk more. And I'm like, ah. I didn't even think anybody knew the difference between the two of us. You know, yeah, I just assumed that.
1: Yeah, I just assumed that uh, they they knew that there are two people here and couldn't tell the difference between the two. But whatever, it is what it is. Um, So today we're talking about fire range, uh, firing ranges, and this is a somewhat somewhat interesting topic for me because I, you know, I feel that. I feel that we're we spend a lot of time encouraging people to own firearms, but I don't feel like you should own a firearm if you don't know how to use it. If you don't do a little bit of practice, if you don't do a little bit of uh, taking that that gun out and and going through a few rounds, you shouldn't own a gun because you're going to end up shooting yourself or shooting one of your kids accidentally instead of shoot your eye out. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You're going to shoot your eye out. Um, I I mean, seriously though, I think that everybody in the United States should own a firearm and should know how to use it. But those two, those are two things. You know what I mean? I don't feel like if you're not planning on going out and using your firearm and practicing and figuring out how to use it, how to load it, how to operate it, then, uh, you shouldn't be carrying one around with you. You shouldn't have one in your house if you're if you're not comfortable enough to know how to use it properly and safely. And I think that's a that's kind of a big deal. Uh in the sense that um you know, I I see a lot of rednecks doing dumb redneck shit with guns. And they're giving us all a bad name. You know what I mean? was I that redneck?
0: <laughs> I mean, I don't know who you're seeing, but all right. Um, yeah, I mean, there's definitely But I feel like when they sell exploding targets and things like that, I mean, they're just inviting me to go out and have a good time. That's right. I'm always conflicted with, you know, they always say, uh, you're not supposed to mix alcohol and guns. And you see those memes that are like,
1: well, you should train like you fight. Right. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, well, that's a good point. And, you know, you know, know you know, it used to be in shooting competitions, alcohol was considered you get drunk the same, first. The, It was like the same thing as as taking steroids for a weightlifting competition, because it loosens you up, man. You're you're a little bit better. See, but there's a tipping point where where the alcohol gets a little <laughs> bit too far and things start going downhill. It's like shooting pool, you know one or two beers and you get a lot better at pool. But after about three or four things start going downhill. Uh, yeah. We
0: always, when I was a kid, we used to go to, uh, they, they had a bunch of pool halls and that was like actually a thing. So that's how old I am. You know, it's like Tom Cruise would be hanging out, you know, right. it's that kind of thing. Right. Uh uh-huh. Um, Paul Newman or whoever, I don't even know who it was anyway. Um, and we used to go to this one pool hall where they had all, uh, you know, big normal eight foot tables or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then we'd go to this other pool hall that had all the smaller, like six and a half. I don't know what the sizes yeah. are, but they had the
1: yeah, the full size
0: table and the, the smaller table. And we'd go out and, you know, we'd, we'd play for an hour or two on the eight foot. And then we'd go to the place with the six foot and you'd go in and just like dominate. And I don't mm-hmm. know how, it's psychological or what but all of a sudden you know you're like the king it's like oh these are nothing mm-hmm. um, anyway so maybe that's uh maybe that's the thing maybe i got distracted i don't know <laughs> a little who knows anyway so shooting ranges gun ranges it, it turns out if you practice you can be better and that's a thing um and it's kind of like those things where like with fighting right where if you know a little bit that and you do a little bit of practice it somehow puts you like light years ahead of everybody else who does nothing Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and and that's a big thing now if you're going against a bunch of real serious shooters and we'll say even the arm the military whatever then you know they probably have a little bit of practice also then you need to step up your game even more you know it's it it depends who you're kind of going against um but you got to realize guns are dangerous and at any time things could end badly obviously you're in control it's like a car a car is dangerous and it could end badly but yeah You know it's not likely you're not gonna not go to the store because oh well i might be in an accident and the car will just fly off the road and into a tree no probably not you know i mean that's the thing um so you know take everything in perspective with a grain of salt but that said let's uh let's find out how we can get some practice
1: Mm -hmm. all right
0: now there's a couple options now the dream option Well, I guess the dream option is an indoor shooting range at your house. That's, that's the go-to, right? But even, even somebody as awesome as I am, can't quite pull that one off. Now I know Nugent has just like a hallway in his basement or something where he shoots his bow and he's doing bow shooting in his, you know, inside his house. That's an option. Um, as far as the gun range, it gets a little more substantial. You got noise issues and the number one expense for indoor range, I would say is going to be ventilation. It's always about ventilation. Um, I know they, uh, they built a nice indoor range in, in where Kevin lives and uh, they, that was the big thing. They were like, we don't know if we can, you know, afford the, the ventilation. I mean, it was, is a huge you know expense and such a big deal to do it so it's something to consider so anyway i'm going to assume that's kind of off the table for us just if you can afford it there's lots of systems out there and professionals out there to help you out with i mean a a quick google search and and you'll see all kinds of ventilation setups for for you know um shooting indoors and maybe i would recommend suppressed weapons which again kind of keep a lot of gas and stuff kind of right in your face so you know who knows anyway i digress next number two we have your own private gun range now this may be that you have 10 acres and you have some logs set up and you can go out and shoot it and have a nice little backstop and that's great and that's, that's a good starting point. Um, I've been working with that on my property for a while where, uh, you know, I just stacked up a bunch of logs. and, But I don't feel comfortable going past, we'll say, I don't know, 25 to 50 yards at the most. I feel comfortable with me at 50 yards. But when I bring new shooters over, I kind of want them at that like 25-yard range because... You know i didn't have that big of a backstop and you don't know where those bullets are gonna end up and you know and and it's not limitless woods behind my house although it is pretty significant um not all my land but you know there's woods beyond my property obviously um the uh the next thing is to step up your game even more and create your own shooting lane now what I did, I actually had like a wooded kind of unused section of the property, where it seemed like that was going to be my answer. And I I figured I could get away with 100 yards. And to be honest, I have enough open field that I could go back and do probably 200 yards. But I have kind of a designated 100 yard, you know, area that's just for that and what i did i just went through i man i really started doing it by hand and it was some work um i went through with the chainsaw i cut everything that was a decent size and and they there are lots of guys who will come out for actually pretty reasonable price and and clear land for you and kind of make a road i mean I I know I could get a guy out here for like a day for like 1200 bucks with, you know, a big uh, land clearing equipment. Now 1200 bucks is a lot of money, but they can do a lot of work. So, you know, that's up to you. Um, So anyway, what I did was as I went through, I cut all the logs of all the trees all the way through, and I ended up using them to basically make a backstop. And then I was. I had planned, I was thinking about maybe just tires, bringing in a bunch of tires. There's always people seem like they want to get rid of tires. Now, you do end up being stuck with a bunch of tires that if you change your mind and don't want a gun range, you may have to get rid of a lot of stuff that you don't want. And then you kind of open yourself up to a nightmare. But maybe not. So anyway, that was my plan. And then it ended up, uh, I ended up getting a tractor and when i got the tractor you know full on uh you know go in clear the road and i built a huge berm in the back and where it's about i would say about 30 feet wide and between seven and 10 feet high um, and what i did was i actually curled it kind of like a, a c shape almost around the outside so that way i could set up a target and I wouldn't have to worry about bullets ricocheting and that kind of thing off steel targets, that kind of stuff. Now, my experience has been um, when you hit the targets, the bullets drop. They, they pretty much just go straight down because they, the steel targets just really take that ton of impact but I didn't want any, you know, weird thing. You hit the bolt at the top of the target and it deflects off the steel and shoots off sideways or, you know, who knows what. I just wanted to cover all my options. Now, how big of a berm you need in the back really depends on what's behind it, you know? Is there an elementary school, you know, right across the street, uh, you know, off the back there? Well, then you probably need, you know, 12 foot, something like that, something more substantial. Um, Obviously, too, you know your shooting abilities. I wanted it to be where I was comfortable, where I could go sight in a gun that had never been touched. Things that I didn't, you know, couldn't really count on. And, you know, I would be covered kind of any scenario. So I wanted to build it high enough where I would feel safe about it and you know things like that so again something to t- keep in mind and do what i did was i made like a stockade fence with the logs and then ended up just pushing the dirt you know right into it now i kind of i ended up taking actually two whole two years to do it so two full summers especially out there with the tractor whenever i had time i was digging so the idea was I was able to dig like a road kind of down almost like two feet in certain spots. So one I'm shooting down at an angle and two, there's kind of a, a raised, you know, path all on either side. I kind of figured if it filled up with water, it would be like the, uh, what is that? Uh, that long, uh, Lake in, uh, DC, the looking, uh, the, I don't know. The reflecting pond. Yeah. The reflecting pond. There you go. I kind of figured if it filled up with water, I'd have my own reflecting pond. That hasn't been the case yet. There hasn't been any uh, big water. uh, Although, I do find that where water does puddle in it, the deer like to come in and drink. And I'm like, Mm. this is perfect. Yeah. Because
1: they're already sighted. I always
0: find that the the footprints, I know the distance. I got my, uh, you know, a nice safe backstop everything's great so that's one you know another now to me 100 yards is excellent for uh you know your typical rifle shooting usually when i sight something in i like to set it for 100 and then make adjustments after that you know to my scope but i kind of want everything that 100 yards you usually only have about a minute of um sorry an inch of drop in the bullet as you shoot so it kind of is your safe go-to distance to sight in a weapon um you know again it every gun is different i i was referring to 556 but you know your typical stuff 100 yards is is a good accurate you know place to start anyway so 100 yards it seemed to work for me um honestly, a lot of your combat shooting and stuff is going to be between 25 and 50 yards. I think 50 is a very reasonable, you know, rifle kind of situation. And I think 25 is very reasonable for a uh, handgun situation. So what I did is I actually set up targets and I just ran a uh, cable across the, uh, across the road there, basically at a hundred yards, at 50 yards and at 25 yards. And I have it with a, uh, like an eye ring and a, and a uh, carabiner and I can just undo it and drop them down so I can kind of choose the distance that I want to be at and not have to, you know, really mess around. Um, that was, you know, again, my way of doing it you now, paper targets are great and easy and you don't have to worry about the bullets deflecting off. There's just something satisfying about 100 yards and shooting at steel targets, just that you get that ping and you know you hit it, you know you're good. I don't have to look at a spotting scope or anything. Um, Usually I'm shooting without any magnification. So to see that 100 yards is a little tricky to see the little hole in a piece of paper. Um, So I find the steel to be satisfying what i did was the thicker uh, dog cables um you know they add Lowe's they sell like the large breed dog uh, you know run ties and cuz that that cable has that plastic outer coating and it's pretty decent thick i ran that across and my wife had got me i have a bunch of steel targets by that ar500 you know your typical but uh they came with uh it basically looks like cut tire rubber straps, you know, they're like foot long strips out of a tire and they have a bolt. So it goes around the cable and then, uh, and then you bolt it to hang it in place. You do actually, those steel targets, you need something substantial to hold them. I've tried, like, I, I thought I'd get away with uh, um, the the wire I use for electric fence and I thought that would work. Ended up I couldn't even get through a magazine without blowing that steel target right off the, uh, you know, off the wire. So you need to go a little beefier, and maybe something with a little give on it, you know, is nice. Um, a lot of people will set up a uh, catchment for the bullets to drop underneath. That's how I know that they typically fall down. Um, is because I've had a buddy of mine has like a 55 gallon drum underneath his targets where he cut it in half and we go out and you can collect all the lead afterward. It's just like fills it right up. It's kind of crazy. Um, You know, keep in mind bullets are made of lead and think about the land that you're shooting on and, you know, yeah, shooting a bullet here and there, not a problem. But if you're, you know, shooting thousands and thousands of rounds putting all that lead in the ground, you know, is it right next to your well? Is it right next to, you know, where you're growing food? It just keep it in mind. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not saying you need to get crazy. I've never really heard other people worry about it, but I think about these things, you know, I'd rather not, you know, throw a ton of lead in the ground. Now, if it's a hundred yards away from anything you're doing and whatever, I probably wouldn't worry about it, but something to keep in mind.
1: Now, when it comes to, uh, building your own range um, you got to ask yourself a few questions before you start setting up Uh, not just can you but may you build your own range Uh, there's a lot of a lot of laws about it so you want to be conscientious before you start putting a bunch of effort into it Um, are you in city limits do you have uh, do you have state regulations about where you can and cannot shoot do you have county or uh, city ordinances that are going to dictate what, you know, what you can and can't do on your property. Well, it's the United States government. So yes, there's probably some, some bullshit that they're, they're trying to make you do or not allow you to do because uh, the government hates you. Um, So you have to kind of uh, do a little bit of research before you get, get to work there. Um, And what
0: I would say is you have to do some research before, before you buy your property.
1: Yeah, that's, that's also important um i know the cops have come to my house a few times um and because i like to uh what in the backyard i like to, some sometimes they like to set off firecrackers which are kind of illegal but not really illegal the police will just tell you to stop if you're setting off firecrackers in your backyard um so just be just be aware of that you might have an asshole neighbor that wants to call the cops on you over um, over firecrackers, if that's what is happening in your backyard. Uh, you might have neighbors that are super excited about it Want to come over and, uh, and, uh, shoot, shoot at your range. Well, that's even better because then, uh, you know, like, like I, I used to, uh, say, if you're going to throw a big house party, invite your neighbors, then they're not going to call the cops on you. It kind of goes the same way with a, with a, with a firing range. If you have neighbors that, you know, that like that sort of thing and, uh, you know, want to come over and be nosy assholes, maybe uh, invite them to uh, participate. Um, So just something to keep in mind. Uh, If you're out in the middle of nowhere, that's great. You know, that's awesome. But if you do have uh, some neighbors around you, you have to be conscientious. Don't be out shooting your gun at at two in the morning. Um, I know you've been out drinking all night and you want to just fire off a couple of rounds before bed. I'm all for that. Go for it. But uh just be conscientious of, of what you're up to and who's around you when you're doing it.
0: Now, Kevin, we're supposed to say drinking and guns are bad. They don't mix. They don't
1: mix. Right. Right.
0: Drinking and firearms. So no. this
1: leads up to the to the my next point. It's uh imperative it's important that you have some sort of a medical bag with you and at your range either at your range on site or something you carry with you because uh you know it's possible to to get a little alley when you're when you're firing at steel steel plate sometimes and uh having having a trauma bag is a good idea yeah having something with you is is important because you don't want to be the asshole that uh let somebody bleed out on your on your range because you didn't know what to do and you started panicking. Um, so having a trauma bag is definitely important. Having an idea of how to stop bleeding is important. Uh, having some basic skills on how to use your trauma bag, that's important stuff. So just keep that in mind uh, when you're setting up your range. Um, now Chuck t- touched on this a minute ago about, um, what's downrange when you're setting up your range, you know, what's, uh, what's beyond your targets, even uh, if you have a good size embankment and a good size, uh, you know, stop at the end of your range, what you know, you have to be conscientious of what's what's uh, is there? Is there a, uh, you know, nursery school on the other side? Is it you know, is it just woods? Is it? uh, Are there more, you know, ridges and and, um, you know, backstops behind your backstop that would stop a bullet eventually? You have to be conscientious of what's behind what you're what you're shooting at, just like, uh, you know, just like in any normal situation with a firearm.
0: That sounds completely logical. Um, I know that if people who offer classes and training um, at gun ranges, uh, it's very common to actually subscribe for uh, you can pay for like a life flight service where uh you can kind of have that helicopter insurance on standby to come medevac somebody out of there that's that's pretty awesome feature um turns out that's not as expensive as you think because they don't figure it will actually happen Mm -hmm. and so something to look into if it's more than just you um it's not going to pay for itself if it's just for your backyard and you're like hey i never know but uh it might pay for itself if you're, you know, kind of having a, a public range. Um, I actually live in in one of the great states where we actually have laws that say no law shall be made that limits the ability to shoot in the state. Nah. Um, All right. So, you know, there's different ways. Now, it has certain exceptions, but like basically, they were like, there are these laws, and anything beyond that, that's a no-go. So not everybody has to live in New York and California, is all I'm saying. Um, they, we try not to limit progress, is what I say. Um, I do know the uh, town next to me, though, you can't even have freaking uh, two chickens or something. And one of the guys, they just had a, a big horse farm property up for sale. And uh, it, it's in the city limits, whatever. The guy's got 15 acres and he planned on putting cows there. And they were like, oh, no, you can't have cows. And he's like, but it was a horse farm. And they were like, yeah, that was grandfathered in. And if you don't have horses within six months, then uh, you can't have horses. <laughs> it's not a horse farm anymore anymore it's not even a horse farm and he's like so so basically his whole property it's not even like per acre or anything it's 15 acres he's allowed to have like four hens oh jesus and and that's it and i'm like mad you know and like a lot of them the the city ordinances will be like well you can have this if you uh you know, if you have five acres or more then you can have chickens or whatever inside the city or, you know, whatever. But apparently that's not the case here. Um, But luckily that's a different County than I'm in. And the one that I'm in, uh, they're kind of like down for whatever. They're actually, we're again, just like the, the no gun limitations. um, There's also no limitations on agriculture and farm stands and, Mm -hmm. You know, all this stuff. You can build a building for farming purposes without a permit and all this, you know, Mm -hmm. just any of this. It's just they don't want to get in the way of agriculture. Um, So it's kind of different. Anyway, so now maybe you do live in one of these cities and you don't have access to building your own gun range. or Maybe you just don't have any property um maybe you're not planning on putting down roots maybe you haven't uh you know you're not an old you know man like myself where i've spent you know time saving pennies away to be able to buy a piece of property you know i didn't have that at 25. i didn't have that at 30. you know it it takes time to get to the place where you can afford some property now i did make choices in life that put me in a place where land would be a little bit more affordable and things like that and that's cuz i decided what was important to me and i made choices to go a certain way you know my kids cry about oh the internet connection's crappy i can't send in my college classwork cuz we have horrible internet out in the country well yeah yeah so be it you know um i don't even think cable is an option where i live um, so that's something, you know, that it, there are sacrifices, you know, it can't all be rainbows and sunshine. Um, with that, can I interest you in joining a gun club? Um, gun clubs, typically I see a lot have, a uh, different rates for like, if you'll, you know, serve at the gun club versus the price for a member who doesn't do anything, um, like that, you'll like spend time being the range master or spend time, you know, uh, cleaning up stuff or clearing a field or I, I know my buddy's gun range, he actually, they just do like summer projects, you know, where they'll have like, two weeks a year where they're doing stuff. And you maybe can just give up a Saturday or, you know, a Sunday or something. And you go in and they put down eight hours. And I think he has to do like 40 hours a year but he gets like half off the price if you don't do any, you know, helping out. Mm -hmm. So just something to keep in mind. Um, There's different ways to finance it like that. Um, So there is a lot of good gun clubs out there. There is other options where maybe you and a bunch of buddies, you know, maybe you make a Facebook group, start talking to people or, you know, hang out at the gun store, put up a sign, see if you can get a bunch of people to go in on a piece of property maybe you uh can buy two acres on the edge of town or 10 acres on the edge of town to set something up um i know by kevin there's a a long range shooting range that's like just in it's just a field in the middle of nowhere and they just charge like you know 30 bucks a month for something you know to go and, and use it and it's not that big a deal um that's something you might wanna look into setting up if it doesn't already exist. Um, Now, what fascinates me is there's something called gun tree clubs, but maybe it's just in my imagination because when I Googled it, I found about four of them. So they're not like the big widespread thing or maybe they're kept on the down low. Um, What a gun tree club is, is think country club for gun owners. And I don't know why we're not building these everywhere. Um, basically what it is, is, you know, like I said, the whole country club idea, couple shooting ranges. Um, I know some of them are set up like animal preserves where by being an animal preserve, it's, We preserve it so we can go hunting on it. I'm not really sure how that fits in society's idea of preserve, but uh, you know, whatever. Um, I know a lot of gun clubs will have ponds and and different things with actually fishing sites and they'll stock the ponds and that kind of stuff. So you can kind of work that in. Seems like guys who like hunting, like fishing, they seem to go together a little bit. Um, Something like that. But my point is, you could maybe get together and start something like this. You know, you could build something bigger in your community if you're limited on the one way. And again, a lot of times, just like with rental properties and different stuff, maybe if you don't have the cash, maybe you have the time and effort to put into it. And, you know, people will, uh, you know, maybe be able to work out a deal with you. Um, then I take it one step further and maybe those don't work out. Maybe you have no money, no, uh, no property, or you're just really limited on time or where you can get to or your area. Maybe you live in New York city, but even New York city, there's places you can go shoot. But, uh, maybe you live somewhere where you don't have access to, you know, a a range like that. The other thing there's a bunch of great companies out there like uh the one i like is uh, i target and what they have is they have where you can actually use uh they they give you like a, a bullet that you put into your gun and you'll you'll select the right caliber when you order it and it has a backstop and you shoot at it and you actually are firing your firearm at a target inside your house and you know, it, it basically utilizes your cell phone to uh, you know, it'll make noises and show you where your hits are and, and give you a little map of how, you know, how you're reacting. It's great for upping your uh, speed, your draw time and accuracy. So things like that are definitely on the table and something you could, you know, look into. Um, But basically my point is the whole reason we did this episode is it's not just about getting guns. It's not just about bullets. It's about go out, get the stuff, use it, one, enjoy nature, get out and enjoy life, embrace the world, but also learn some skills, you know, learn to actually protect yourself. Just having a gun is not enough you need to practice. You need to put some time in. You need to throw some lead downrange and, you know, get used to it, get comfortable with it and get your family comfortable with it. You know, take the wife out, take the kids out, let them shoot, let them uh, get comfortable. So it's not a scary, terrifying thing, but a familiar tool. You know, you're not terrified when you get in your car and go for a drive. And that's because you're used to it, and it's familiar, and you know what to expect. Well, the same thing with firearms. Um, In all seriousness, probably drinking and firearms are a no-go. But, uh, you know, get out and have a good time. Turns out you can have a good time without alcohol, but it usually does involve explosives and firearms. So you can find another way to go on that. And if you don't live in a state where you have exploding targets, maybe that's something you need to rectify also. Also, I would say suppressors should be on the table. I'm just saying. You know, if you can quiet it down for your neighbors,
1: mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just putting exp- that out there. Hearing protection can get, can get expensive, man. There you go. Those little foam no. things that go in your ear, they start racking up, man almost as as expensive as ammo. No, um, Kevin,
0: you were saying you were a little uh, overwhelmed with Russia propaganda this week? What's what's going on?
1: Oh uh, yeah, I've been I've been getting into it, man. I've been following this whole thing uh closely. It's it's entertaining for me. I know a lot of people are upset by the whole thing and and as you should be. Uh rape rape as a uh as a weapon of war seems kind of fucking gross and that's going on a lot. Um, we were talking about a couple weeks ago, talking about how we were, uh, on the, uh, Zelensky, uh, death watch, but, um, uh, man, he's, he's made it somehow, somehow they haven't got his, got his ass yet. Um, now I'm starting to think that we might, uh, we might see Putin go before we see Zelen- Zelensky go. Um, I saw a picture of him recently and he is looking like shit, man. Um, yeah. he's got a doctor following him around and they're, hypothesizing that he's got thyroid cancer but um he's looking and awful he's being
0: fully totally poisoned by uh they said that his staff was uh maybe possibly divided a little bit on whether he was making the right call
1: or not yeah well it definitely seems uh so far he's uh he really stepped in a pile of shit with this one seems like uh you know at this point, he wishes he could take it back, but I think it's a little late when you got all your troops already committed in, in another country. Um, you know, they did retreat from Kyiv, and that was, that was something, but uh, to really back down, and I don't know if he's got it in him anymore. I don't think he's uh, he can back out of this one and not, not look like a real schmo. So that's it, man. Not good, not good. And uh, the new... Uh, the new push that they're just starting. I know this uh, podcast won't come out for another week or so, but the new push that they're already starting, it seems like that's already starting to, starting to Peter out and they just started last week. So uh, we'll see what happens, man. We'll see All what right. Happens. So if you have
0: thoughts, concerns, things you'd want to hear about uh, things you want to tell us about, um, definitely uh, shoot us an email at prepping badass at gmail.com. Um, you know, I do see you guys commenting in the Facebook group and saying you're enjoying the podcast. I appreciate that. I, uh, I want to respond to them, but uh, usually I'm blocked from the thing. I, I think I violated the group <laughs> community standards too many times. So I can't even like things in my own group. Um, the only way I get posts in there is I post them to the the Facebook page and then I share them into the group. Somehow it lets me do that. Okay, I haven't figured out how I can do that and not make comments. But no, I read all your stuff in there. I appreciate it. I know you guys are, uh, you know, enjoying it, and I like it. Um, we try and you know keep it entertaining and put stuff out that you guys are interested in. Sometimes tough to come up with some fresh ideas, but I know you got a lot of good things out there. So keep us posted and we will uh, try and, you know, try and keep moving in the right
1: direction. So with that, stay safe and we'll talk to you guys next week. The Survival and Basic Badass Podcast is a proud member of the Self-Defense Radio Network.